Welcome to the Partnernomics Show, where industry thought leaders discuss the hottest topics in partnerships, ecosystems, and innovation. The Partnernomics Show is brought to you by Iolite Solutions, a product incubator specific to Salesforce. Now here's the host of the Partnernomics Show, Mark Brigman. Welcome back to another episode of the Partnernomics Show. So good to be with you guys again. Man, today, talking to Mr. Jim Lezer. Jim, how you doing, man? It's good to catch up with you. Good, Mark. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Man, I'm I'm all, I'm re-energized after we had a chance to chat with each other. It's good to catch up. You're up to some awesome stuff. I know that you're, uh, it's been a little while. It's amazing how time flies, but uh, at Worldview. So Jim is the Vice President of Strategic Partnerships at Worldview. And uh, man, doing some really cool stuff there. Jim, you're, you're one of my buddies that's you know, responsible for the channel side of partnerships, but also kind of the solution side of working in the tech side as well. So I, I really enjoy having those conversations with you because man, just it's interesting just to see how those partnerships are put together, how they're developed, how organizations uh, work with them. But man, Jim, I'd love for you to just uh, spend a spend a little bit of time to share with our listeners and viewers uh, about yourself and about Worldview, what you guys do. Absolutely happy to. So. Um, so Worldview is basically a, uh, for lack of a better term, document management solution serving both the uh, healthcare and commerce verticals. On the healthcare side, what we do is we're able to intake documents like referral documents, order documents, things like that, and create the patient record in the EMRs that we're integrated with and attach those documents to the patient record in the EMR. It, it abbreviates the time from referral to getting a patient to care. That's really the short story. On the commerce side, typically what we do is we integrate with ERP systems and manage the AP processing and workflows. So invoices come in, we extract the key details, create those records in the ERP and accelerate the process of getting that invoice through approval and payment. So Jim, I love for to give kind of context to our viewers and listeners of the seat that Jim's in and where his answers are coming from. Because I think so many times we kind of toss out these one size fits all answers and we know there is no such thing, but uh, Worldview, how long have you guys been around? How many employees do you have? How long have has the organization been partnering, been leveraging so partnerships? So this is a really cool story because Worldview has been around for over 20 years. Um, they actually were spun out as a solution that was in an ERP system. So their mindset has always been partner first ever since they, they were first born. Um, what's interesting is I came on board in the end of June last year, 2022, um, because what they really were looking for was to move beyond having leaders run a partnership off the side of their desk as a part-time thing to having a full-blown initiative that said, we really want to build a, a partnering operating system and exactly how do we do this across uh, our organization and then even across the, the portfolio that we're within. Awesome. Uh, how many employees? Roughly? Uh, we're actually a little small company out of Omaha, Nebraska. So there's only about 50 of us overall. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, Jim, uh, you mentioned the partner operating system. So I'm going to kind of toss the first question at you. I got to get my stopwatch going here. Uh, what is a partner operating system? So 
I think the short story about a partner operating system is really it's it's an approach to how you in, initiate, investigate, analyze, and commit to partnering, right? So if you look at partneronomics and you look at what we get trained to do or what you learn through the, the courses here, you know, you talk about things like the partner prep sheet. You know, what's the preparation that goes in? What do I need to understand? What's their needs? What's their wants? What's our needs wants? You know, what are all the key things that basically bake this together to say, this is a deal that's worth exploring? Um, I think you and I have had that conversation where we also often joke about the idea of partnering is opposite of sales, right? In sales, it's get to yes. In partnering, it's how fast can I get to no, right? And so then the rest of the operating system are things like the SPLM, the Strategic Partner Leadership Model, where you're really breaking it down and going through everything from the framework of the deal to the ROI to everything that you're building out and saying, what is the deal structure that this has to be? And then when you're going to go operationalize it, what's your go-to-market strategy for doing so? And that's really your partner operating system. So to provide just a little bit more history, a little bit more context, uh, Jim was, was looking, Jim and I are both process freaks, efficiency freaks, or at least Jim, I'll speak for myself. I absolutely am. And so, you know, that's what, what I wanted to build. What I wanted to create was this repeatable, predictable process. You know, I just kind of had this belief that in all of the partnering teams that I was on over the, you know, 20, my 20 plus year career doing partnerships is, it seems like it was so much art, it was so much shooting from the hip, but I wanted to have something that was more of a science, more of a predictable process. And so that's why we started putting that in place. And then, you know, Jim, you kind of transitioned your career from sales into more of a partnership oriented approach. And you were looking for that. And uh, thank God you came across our, our book and we had the opportunity to meet you uh, many years ago. But uh, Jim, let's, I want to hit you with, a, with another question. Let's get tactical. That's what I want to do. Um, and the partneronomics show is to get down to the tactics, not talk about the 30,000 foot view that, uh, that a lot of other people are hitting, but really try to get down to some tactical pieces. Um, I know that Tyler launched out uh, a few weeks ago now, I think, our strategic partnering plan, call it the SPP. Mm -hmm. And it's a tool that, that we you know, really like to see partnering teams use from the onset. And I want to have you share from your perspective, what is the value of a strategic partnering plan? You know, this 12 component document that really kind of gets down to some specifics, but how have you used it, you know, throughout your companies and as you put processes in place for your organization now, what's the power that comes with an SPP or what is your recommendation of why other partnering professionals should use it? Sure. I think the short answer in terms of the power of the SPP is it gives tremendous clarity, right? Without it, what you end up doing is you're kind of going, well, what could we go chase, right? We're going to go chase a million rabbits and hopefully we catch one. And I think the key power of the strategic partnering plan is you, you answer the questions of who's our ideal customer profile? Who, what are we going after? What are the types of partnerships we're going after? Basically, what are we going to say no to and what are we going to say yes to, right? But then beyond that, I think 
what you're really doing is you're also creating a way to speak to leadership and speak to the executives in the organization to make it clear to them of what the end goals are and the end results that you're targeting. So if those KPIs are things like, well, we're going to grow pipeline, we're going to close deals, we're going to get this many integrations, or we're going to get this, um, what you're doing is you're basically setting out, okay, these are the markers that I'm trying to go get out to and, and goals that I'm trying to reach. And that creates clarity for executives. And it's, it's powerful from their perspective because it isn't just we're hoping for results. It's we're driving towards a specific end result. I love that, man. It's so, so true. So many times we see and hear of, you know, we have our executives, we have the partnering executive or the team leader, whatever the case may be, whether it's channel solutions, somebody in your seat that's responsible for both sides of that. You go into these whiteboarding sessions and you kind of, you know, draw some boxes on what we're trying to do, but that's where it's left. It's never really put down into a, a formalized, but like a cohesive, holistic document of what does Jim need to make this happen? Who are the types of partners that we're going after? What are the core deal terms that we're looking for? We never get down to that level of specificity. So like you were saying, like driving clarity, driving alignment of resources, getting clear on expectations. In a previous uh, episode, we talked about the importance of executive expectations. Well, this helps you, it kind of forces the process of getting all the stuff on the table and having those uh, very direct conversations of getting everybody on board so you know what to expect. There's, there's, not, there's not a lot of gray area, and that's, that's when things can go wrong, is if your executives are expecting one thing or your CEO is expecting one thing, and, and you're thinking and trying to deliver something else, that's when we get into problems. Exactly, exactly. No, you're dead on. Uh, so Jim, I want to clarify one piece that you said, and that is uh, the importance or the value of, of quickly getting to know. You know, so many times, you know, in sales, it's about, you know, got to get to yes, got to close the deal, got to get the revenue in the door. But I want to clarify that uh, point with some people, if they might not be familiar with the partneronomics methodology and kind of what we do, uh, I'll, I'll let you answer. So, uh, the, like you said at the one point, um, I think the the best way to explain it is uh, early in my career, I kind of was in the sales role, right? And so I'd been through multiple sales training methodologies, different methodologies. And so the beauty of that is you walk into this world where you're now given scripts, you're given tools, you're giving a process, and basically you know how to take a conversation from point A to point Z. Um, I think when you look at when what I found was that when I went out and landed a job in partnering, um, was like, okay, how the heck do you do this, right? And so I found Partneronomics and found the book and basically went, okay, here's how you can frame this up and what you're supposed to be, you know, what are your key points along the way? What's the partnering process? Um, so I, I think um, the the interesting thing here is that, you know, when you look at what what that process looks like is it's basically helping you to identify where are all the pitfalls that this that the alignment doesn't take place that there isn't a good fit between our organizations 
And so the faster you can do that, you stop wasting your time because you know, as well as I do, Mark, partnering people are not salespeople. They're the most friendly people in the world. They want to talk to you. They want to find a solution. Everything starts as, yes, we can absolutely do this. And you've got to go find the reason why we can't do it. And it could be that we can't do it today. But a year from now or two years from now, the stars will align and now we can do it. So you're you're building to that no, because at least you're, you know, at least you're not wasting time. You know. All we have to do is look at the partnership failure rates. At best, they're well over 50%. So that tells us we're saying yes to a lot of organizations that we should be saying no. And that kind of goes back and you know, and and further. Uh, substantiates the power of a strategic partnering plan and getting really clear on what you're looking for because there is a lot of value in, in being able to quickly say no. All right, Jim, I'm going to hit you with another question. Question number three, that is, um, what advice would you have, right? I, mean, I look on LinkedIn now, there's you know lots of partnering professionals that are being rift being laid off we're seeing it a lot now uh from these over hirings it, it's heartbreaking to see but i want you to kind of share what's what's some advice that you would give to these partnering professionals as they're going in and having conversations whether it's at the executive level you know they're trying to get in that director that, that vp level position or maybe even as an individual contributor so I think the biggest thing, you know, first of all, partnerships is is probably not going to happen and deliver results as quickly as anybody would expect, right? It takes time. This is these are not one and done conversations, right? Because what you're asking for is to gain resources on your partner side that they don't have committed to your initiative that you proposed, right? So executives need to understand that A, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And, and I don't like that analogy more than anybody else does. But, but I think the reality is when you start to look at it and you start to say, what I wanna really understand is what's the ecosystem? Where are the blind spots that you haven't even considered in your ecosystem? Who, why would we go do those things? How do we build out a thoughtful program that says we're, we're replicating what we've already done well and we're building new things that are truly strategic, right? It's that exponential growth. And that's what executives want to hear is they don't want to hear false promises that you're going to bring in a gazillion dollars tomorrow afternoon if you hire me today. They want to hear realistically, where am I going to be three years from now? What are you aiming for three years from now based on where things are today? And the more you can drive a clear picture to them of that, the more value in that conversation that you were bringing. Yeah, man, so much truth in, in that. A lot of times whenever I hear partnering professionals talk, man, it just sounds like a lot of art, a lot of shooting from the hip, a lot of it depends. And not very many people of them are talking about the science, the predictable part, the process that if you're speaking to an executive, you have to speak an executive language. And yep. that is around predictability, around understanding a strategy, looking at the short term, but also the long term. And 
you know, whatever you're speaking to those folks, you got to be speaking in their language. And if I can um, compliment that. So one of the things that I've built in is the ability to do these, to provide this, uh, what I call an evaluation and prioritization model, right? And so this is something that's shared across the organization that all the executives can see. So this tells us things like, well, what's the size of the partner that we're working with? How many customers do they have? What's the average deal size? What would our net potential revenue be if we only got a small percentage of their of growth over a three-year period? And why three years? Because three years is how the minimum amount of time I'm going to do an integrated agreement, right? And when you start to do that, now what they get is this massive transparency. And that, for executives, is critical. Because then it's like, well, why is this deal stalled and this one moving forward? Well, this one's stalled because timing's not right. There's no alignment, can't execute, can't operationalize. This one's moving forward because everything is in the right position. We can get this thing done. That's you, rec you recruited well. <laughs> um, I want to kind of hit on that one a little bit more, like on the executive side and, and talk about the vast majority of, let's call it CEOs, who's... Um, you know, the smaller organizations, if there's only a few hundred employees or smaller, odds are if you're coming in as a partnering uh, leader, uh, you're going to be reporting to or at least being interviewed by the CEO. And the vast majority of CEOs have not ran $100 million products, $100 million companies from the partnering professionals seat. And so, you know, they don't necessarily know exactly what you're supposed to be doing as a partnering professional. And so as you're, you know, talking about the the expectations, I mean, a lot of times I mean, CEOs see and hear, and there's no shortage of, of statistics. I can rattle them off for the next half hour of how much power comes in partnerships. But we don't want to set up this false pretense that, okay, well, that means revenue faster. Right. Um, it just means revenue coming from a different way. And sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. There's no doubt that partnerships, all the statistics support this. In the long term, partnering programs can provide and do provide um, this exponential growth relative to just a direct path. But you need to be able to speak to executives, like, set those expectations and speak to them in their language. Um, Chat with us about the importance of, of that because the, the path to revenue is different and the timeline is different. Well, and I think I think that to dial in on that a little bit more would be when you also talk about the types of partnerships that you're doing, right? If your partnerships are, are channel, right? Meaning it's referral, it's affiliate sale, it's something like that. Somebody else is basically marketing on your behalf or kind of walking you into opportunities, then your timeline to revenue is much shorter or should be, right? And then it really becomes a game of managing um, who's producing and who's not producing. And, and with a reluctance to pull weeds, so to speak, like because with the right enablement, you could get somebody producing and that you could be very fruitful. If your focus is solution, it's a very, very different conversation, you know, because now it could take a year just to get to operationalizing the partnership. So, so I think you have to have that balance and at least have that 
that presence to say what we're going to do, right? So overall, in an overarching partnerships program, if you've got some of this channel here, okay, this is how we're going to nurture this channel to get it to produce more fruit. If you're doing solution, these are the solutions that make the ideal arrangement for us. And that I think that's the hardest part to being able to articulate that to a leader and get them to understand. Yeah, I think uh, we kind of chatted about this before of kind of this one size fits all answer. And I think we have to kind of break all of this down. There's no doubt, like, say, from a referral perspective, which is probably the most basic type of a partnership program you can put together. Yeah, yeah you could certainly get to revenue faster that way than, uh, than, you know, than your direct route or, you know, very much uh, in alignment with that. But as you're looking at more complex solutions, more complex solution selling, you know, we're starting to get into kind of the co-selling or reselling or some of these these pieces. Uh, you have to put an infrastructure in place to support those partners. So job one isn't go sell. Job one is spend the first six to 12 months building the program, building the system, building that plumbing and piping. And, you know, that's that's where you got to get some real clarity on what the goals are, what the timeline looks like to put those programs together. Next thing you hit on that is super important is on the solution side and solutions partnerships. And something that you said earlier is um, you're only going to get into those relationships if they're a three-year deal. And that is so true and so important from, from my experience. And so one thing that I'll kind of toss in there getting really tactical is Whenever you're putting those agreements in place and specifically looking at, like, say, a termination for convenience, right? In the solutions partnerships, it takes years to, on average, generally speaking, it takes years to really extract solid value from a lot of those tech integrations, uh, yep. you know, partnerships, Um I'd like to have you just kind of double click on that one a little bit more about solutions-based partnerships, the length of time that it takes, and just like even from a recruiting perspective, how much more selectivity you have to have with solutions partners. I mean, they they truly should be strategic partners. Yeah, it's, I mean, you have to be extremely selective right? It, it's probably a pretty small pool that you're going to go talk to um, in order to be able to make those conversations work. And then I, I think the other piece of it is, you know, one of the hardest things is um, even if we can't, if we can't necessarily get the solution launched today, because when you're talking tech, you're always faced with constraints, Right, and the number one constraint that you're faced with is when I when I talk to you today, you have no resources to do what I want to do. Your roadmap's already locked up, so's ours. This is brand net new, and so it has to be worth doing. It has to yield a de decent ROI for both of us. So you have to kind of walk into that conversation with more of a mindset to say. This is the vision and this is where we could go. This is the strategic value of what we're doing together. And then, but these are the iterative steps that we can take to get there. 
and build a go-to-market strategy that engages the market and gets your both your customers and their customers excited about what you're doing. And then as you're building the solution, you're able to tell that story. So, I mean, I think, like you said, you've got to just dive in and find people who are of like mind. And, and that is probably a pretty finite base that we're going after, but it's truly strategic. So it's, it's not just a plus one growth. It's a times five growth. Yeah. And we say, if you look at kind of the, the big buckets, there's three reasons partnerships fail. Misalignment of culture. We can't talk in the same language. Misalignment of strategy. We're trying to go different directions or misalignment of basically financials or deal terms. And the, the more you talk about those things and earlier, the better you have the opportunity to get to know quickly if that is the case. And, and, and if your answer is yes to all three of those, you know, you're, you're increasing your probability of success in a, in a big way. Jim, thanks for spending uh, some time with us, man. I'm already, I've already got some questions in mind for the next time we get to chat, but uh, thanks for carving out some time to chat with us. Anytime, Mark. I always love talking with you and absolutely am always a fan of Partnernomics. Happy to, to tout how great this program is to anybody. Thanks, buddy. You got it. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Partnernomics Show. Don't forget to subscribe to get the newest episodes at thepartnernomicsshow.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, Iolite. To learn more about Iolite, visit iolitepro.com. And Partnernomics, the science of partnering. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics courses, coaching programs, and consulting services, visit Partnernomics.com. See you on the next episode.